since the beginning of this year, what a great father you are. We thank you, the father of light. It is written, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We exalt you because you are the builder of this house. We thank you for the sign up of our spirits and the sign up of your church on earth in this season. To us praying and seeking your face because the time is very short. We thank you because you did not allow Satan's plan to meet us unawares. For it is written, the secret things belong to God, but things that are revealed belong to us and our children. And we bless your name for the spirit of revelation, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of insight, for the authority that resides in the mouth of your elect on earth, for the fulfillment of your promise and your word for your church on earth. And we thank you for today that is a day we remember the Father. Who is the Father that we should remember if not you, the God of heaven? We celebrate you because you are the Father of all mankind. And we thank you, Sovereign One, because as you are the Father of all mankind, so you created men, male and female, and created your type as a man to be the father of his household. So that out of you, Lord, the manifestation came upon the one you created to be a man. And you call him father of his family. And today we celebrate all fathers across the globe. Especially in your household, O God. May you fill all fathers with the spirit of wisdom and counsel, knowledge and understanding. The fathers that Satan have taken their headship. We pray that you restore them in the name of Jesus. For the fathers should be the head of their family. And I pray for the household of faith. Any man who had lacked the potential of fatherhood, either in their body, mortal body, to reproduce, we have dealt with their cases at the zero hour of this morning. I call them to be fruitful in the name of Jesus from this hour. And any man in your household globally who Satan have derailed from fatherhood and the devil has fought with them and overpowered them and hindered them so that the potentials and the necessary things God has ordained for fatherhood is lacking in their life. Father, you said, I will defend my house, says the Lord, and I will deliver them from marauding forces and forces that oppress them, that overrun them. So, Lord, we command deliverance to such fathers in the name of Jesus. We decree a deliverance in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will cause your light to shine upon their mind. You will heal the downcast and lift their head up again, the lifter up of our soul. That you will give them the substance of fatherhood one more time. For the sake of your saints, you will restore the headship in every family. Isaiah 11, 2 says, and it shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of understanding, 
So let it rest upon these people. And we pray, Lord God, that in these last days, the role of men in your revival will not be found wanting. In Jesus' holy name, we are praying with us, given. Say amen where you are. If you have a father, make sure that you contact your father today. Everybody who has father, sometimes you will not, some don't really fully appreciate until their fathers are gone. So if your father is still alive, it is a good thing to celebrate your father and say to your father, Happy Father's Day. Because also, whatever you sow, you will reap. Please, let's be seated. Um, I'll be sharing with you today very, very briefly. I know that on Father's Day, people always expect every old uh, pulpit to talk about Father. But today, I want to continue to teach you, I will talk about Father, but one Father, the Father in Heaven. And in talking about the Father in Heaven, I will continue, as I promised last Sunday, to teach you about the secret of the book of Acts. The secret of the book of Acts. Last Sunday, we have been looking at the book of Acts, and we have been looking at the manifestations of God's children in the last days. We have read through the book of Revelation, and we recognize from the book of Revelation that we are in the end time, especially from the prophecy of Jesus in the book of Matthew 24. And we went throughout the whole Revelation 1 to 22, and discovered that we are in the end time. Even the plague that is upon the earth now, which you call COVID-19, we saw the reference about that in the Bible. We know that the time is too short and Satan is very, very much apprehensive now because he knows that redemption of mankind will hit the door very shortly. But of course, we also know that before rapture, which is the taking up of the sins of God from the face of the earth, there must be a last revival. And God told us in January that the last, that revival we have expected will happen from this year. It will start from this year. And the Lord told us that there will be plague this year. And the Lord told us that there will be economic crashes this year. And the Lord said to us that he will protect his saints from the plague. And he will lift up the arm of the children during the economic crisis. However, let me say this to you. We have seen the plague. We have seen the economic crisis. And we have seen the revival. Because the, the plague that Satan sent, which you call COVID-19 which those who are his cohorts on earth think that they are working, they are trying to hasten the manifestation of the book of Revelation, or they are trying to move the hand of God. They have discovered that they cannot, because it stirred up the saints of God on earth, and we prayed, and the hand of God was stretched out, and it pulled back the atrocity. I will together now because the time has not come for Satan. Satan will not determine the coming of the Lord. God has set it. We read that in the Bible. So those who are Satanists or witches or wizards, it doesn't matter what they do. They cannot, they cannot move the clock. Impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible because the king of heaven will stir up the heart of his saints and will take appropriate action to bind the devil. And as long as we are still on earth, we bind the devil in the name of Jesus. He must be bound. However, God had allowed to use this situation to stir up the heart of his saints on earth. So that the saints of God on earth have been woken up, you and I. And you can see people praying every day all over the world. Praying for power, praying for manifestation, praying for grace. 
And we are beginning to see manifestations of God in diverse places. We are beginning to see people having encounters of angels, encounters of the Lord Jesus. Some people being taken to heaven in this very time because prayer has, has increased in a high measure. And we have seen that the heart of many people have turned towards God. The love for God has, has, has exploded. Which is a, a benefit to the church. Anything the devil does always brings benefit to the church of the living God. Amen. It brought awakening, an awakening in the heart of the church and a, a, lot, a, a lot of sensitivity. Amen. And also because Christians started praying... Great miracles started happening greater than before. In the midst of the COVID and people are losing their jobs. In Christ with Tabernacle, people are getting promoted. Really, people are getting offered in high places now. Everything, all the shaking that is happening, the Lord told us, He will shake every system and there will be perforation on the top so that the righteous can rise to the top. Because we need that for the entire revival. We will rule in the top. At the same time, we will rule in the spiritual. We will rule in the finance and we will, we will, we will abate the hand of the, 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 the sons of Satan who purport to control the wealth of the world. We will, we, will, we will hold their hand back as God will open the doors for the church to become wealthy. And in the midst of it, rapture will happen. Satan will be so frustrated. So therefore, I was led by the Spirit to begin to teach you then. What is the secret behind the book of Acts? Because we know that when Jesus ascended, he left a church, and the church is the, is, the, is, the, is the church of the apostle. And about them, the history about them is written in the book of Acts. And so we looked at the book of Acts and saw a series of manifestations. And then I began to investigate what is behind their success. We found three things out. Acts chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the former book of Theophilus, I wrote about what Jesus began to teach and, and uh, to, do, to, to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. So, I said to you, the first key for believer is your behavior. What you do. What you do. Your behavior. The way you handle things. The way you are composed. The way you comport yourself. The way you appear, not like the people of the world. You know, I was going to say something. I, I have seen the media. We're talk, right now, I can say this because right now we are talking a, a lot in the UK and in America and other parts of the world about black people. And the right that black people have. And how that right has been put down. But I want to say to you that there are a lot of psychological forces fighting against mental of black people in Europe. And in America. Because when we look, and the, the media is part of those machineries used by the devil. Because when you look at black people they bring to television, young black boys, they will bring young black boys who have earrings, who have a, a dreadlock and all stuff like that, to try to, to, to give an impression that all blacks, this is what they are. But that's not what we are. To be black doesn't mean to be stupid. To be black doesn't mean to be rough in dressing. To be black doesn't mean to have a funny hairstyle or a funny look. No. All those funny type of look came from demons and they are reflection of human beings who are not confident in themselves. 
But when a believer, a person is in Christ Jesus, he is liberated from such character, such behavior, because the Bible classified that kind of dressing and appearance, all this rugged way of, of walking, wearing jeans that are torn to pieces like a mad person and all those rubbish. God classified them as the system of the world. So it would be ironic for a Christian man or boy who believes that he is a Christian to also and then fighting for the rights of black people put down for him to be a victim of a, a bad way of dressing, a rough, a, a gamophian type and style of dressing and think that that is what is blackness. That is not blackness, let me tell you. That is not blackness. We black people... We came from Africa. I am an African man. My grandfather was a slave, all right, to a Scottish man. And I can tell you, apart from Christianity, in our culture as African and black people, we are trained to be very respectful. We are trained to be corporate members of society. We are trained not to look like thugs. We are trained to appear good in our dressing, modest, sensible, and seemly. That is African culture. And the time has come for the press of this world to know that any representation of African people or black people different from that does not reflect blackness. It is a, under a general de- definition of people influenced by the prince of the air, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. And Christian men and Christian women, Christian youths must distinguish themselves from all that. You have nothing to do with Belial. You have nothing to do with, with uh, rebellion. You have nothing to do with, with, with um, you know, uh, a Gamophian type of look. No. A Christian, your appearance, your words, your speech, your intellect, the way you behave is paramount. The Bible says, in the former book of the Oblos, I read about what Jesus began to do first. Jesus appeared first. He did first. He didn't do like what the people were doing in his age. He did not fall to peer pressure and begin to misbehave and in appearance. And They were zealots during his time. He didn't join the gang of zealots. Therefore, a Christian must know that salvation is a, a, an inheritance that a man has, and that man who is saved is distinct because it's an inner renewal that affects your outward appearance. And believers should know this also. What about others who are so, so uh, uh, slavicious in their dressing, you know, extravagant in their dressing, and women, Christian women, who, have, who dress like masquerades and all stuff like that? They are all spirits of the world. A Christian must ask himself in anything, how would Jesus have done it? And if you are sincere with your spirit, you will recognize that if you guide your life with the question, how would, Christian, how would Jesus have dressed? If you dress, look at yourself at mirror and ask, would Jesus appear like this? If you recognize that he will not then change that dressing, that will mode of dressing. That is what God is saying here. There are two churches in the, Bible, in the book of Acts that are so exemplary. I know many Christians have been praying, Lord, give me power, strengthen me and stuff. I want to help you understand why the power of God does not manifest on many people. Because the power of God, a holy power does not manifest in an unholy vessel. They do not work together at all. A man who is not renewed in his mind and transformed in this pattern of life from the pattern of this world to the pattern of God, you can only be a, a chatterbox 
you will not experience the power of God. So therefore, today, I told you about that. First one. Second one is Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the third one is, the, is prayer, continual prayer life. Now, let me talk about benefits of the principles. First principle, your lifestyle. Second principle, power of the Holy Ghost. And third principle, prayer life. Now, let us look at the benefits, the fourth benefit, that is Christian lifestyle. Romans chapter, chapter 2, chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And that's what I've been explaining. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. When you and I were saved, the way we used to behave, the way we used to dress, the way we used to, to appear, we must change from it when we come to Christ. Someone said that it doesn't matter how I look, that's a lie. It doesn't matter how you look, because how you look emanates from what is inside you, speaking to your spirit. That's what determines our outward appearance. How you look determines, it, can, it reflects who controls you in your mind. And so it says, Christians should no more conform with the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mindset. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. Now let me help you know, the reason why many believers live on instinct which is similar to people in the world. They can't hear audible voice of God. Even doesn't cannot determine when God speaks into their spirit. They cannot determine that to the, to the voice of man or demon. It's because they are not renewed in their thinking. This scripture says, Do not conform, that is an instruction, with a pattern of this world, but be ye transformed. Be ye transformed by the renewal of your mindset, your mindset, your mindset. If you look at the book of Romans chapter 8, we were looking at that this week. It says in verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the Lord of Spirit of life set me free from the Lord of sin and death. If you read that scripture further down, it says in verse 5, those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what that nature desires. When you see a Christian who just feels it's normal, I can put on the jeans and it's torn. Alright. <laughs> it's because of his mindset. You can know what his mind is set on. Or a Christian who just behaves and dress like, you know, a man putting earrings or cutting some strange hairstyle. Something to make you look different from a normal human being. It is your mindset. Let me help you know this. People who have their mindset on the spiritual cannot do that. And because they cannot do that, it is not possible for them to even do that. Because their mindset is changed. The mindset determines what you see. Your mindset determines what you can know. Your mindset determines what you can understand. Set your mind on a career and you can dig deep into the career and become a genius in it. Set your mind on the world and you can dig deep into Satanism and become a genius in the devil. Set your mind on the spiritual. You can dig deep into the spiritual things and it will transform you. Anything that you set your mind on is principle of philosophy which transform everything about you. It will transform everything about you. It will transform your reasoning, your thinking, and that will transform your appearance. It will transform everything about you. So the Bible says, 
Those who claim to be Christians and they are behaving like those in the world, like a woman who loves to wear leggings out to outside. You are wearing leggings to outside, the whole of your, your ugly shape is shown all over the whole place. It's better you keep it. If you have a legging and you go out, out of the house, your own house with a legging and you say you are born again, what, are, what is going through your mind? The whole of your bum is showing, the shape of your body is showing. What, do you, what is your intention? Oh, I don't have any intention. Come on, let me tell you. Your intention is to be a slave of Satan, that Satan can use you to seduce other people. And the Bible says you will be punished for it. Hell is the ultimate of it. If you do not repent. It's, it's bold. Boldly written in the Bible. If your heart loves carnal things, understand that the controller of the carnality is Lucifer. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. Therefore, you cannot say that you are controlled by the Holy Spirit when in the, in the real sense your character and behavior is that you exhibit is a, is a factor of function of evil spirits. Therefore, those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what the sinful nature desire. Look at verse 6. No, let me read that verse finish. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what that nature desires. But those who live according to the spirit have their mindset on what spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, the sinful mind is hostile to God. In other words, rebellious to God, that is to the, to the laws of God. It rebels. It does not submit to God's law. Nor can it do so. When you meet people like that, they say, I'm born again, I speak in tongues. Rubbish tongue you are speaking. Satanic tongue you are speaking. All the tongue you are speaking, what has it around you? Unholy vessel. Believing that it can bring forth holy, holy, holy water, impossible, impossible. You must understand is that Christians speak in tongues, genuine Christians, and Satan is speaking the same tongues. They have their own tongue, which when you hear you look like the tongue of Christians. Understand me. Satan can traffic everything that God has given to us. How do you know them, Jesus says? By their tongue? No. By their wonders? No. By their miracles? No. By their fruits, Jesus says you know them. The Bible says in verse 8, those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. No matter how much you preach to them, they will go and do what they, 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 they wish. Because they are under a control, not of God, but of the devil. They cannot please God. What does that do with them? After some time, they get frustrated because it will seem as if all their Christianity is, is in vain. Nothing real will be happening to them. And after many years of control by the devil, they give up and then Satan sucks them into hell. That will not be your portion. So, it says here, however, verse 9, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, do you see that? How do we know people that the Spirit of God lives in? They love the Lord of God. They submit to the counsel of God. They cannot behave in a way that would bring disgrace to the name of God. They don't do things like that. It's because they are controlled by the Spirit. However, the Bible makes it clear. Not everyone who goes to church is son of God. Not everybody who goes to church is controlled by the Spirit. And it says that if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Jesus. Many are in church today who don't belong to Jesus. It says, but if Christ is in you... Your body is dead because of sin. You do not respond to the world. You don't behave like the world. If you are in Christ, you will hate the world. You will, not, you will hate the way the world behaves. 
Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives, is living in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead, I read verse, verse 11, will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. <clears throat> Therefore, brothers, verse 12, we have an obligation, but it is not to this sinful nature to live according to it. For, we, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. Hear that. But if by the Spirit you put, uh, put to death the misdeed of the body, you will live. If you don't respond to what the body wants, you will live. If you keep on responding that way, the dressing anyhow, that is why they can go and arrest you. They are looking for a crook. You look like a crook. They arrest you and you are complaining. If you dress or you cover your face, then in the broad daylight, what are you covering your face for? Either you call it hood or you call it any name or cap, it doesn't, know, it doesn't matter. A, a sensible human being, young man, you are, you are, you are walking on the street in the broad daylight. There is, it's not cold. What are you doing with hood in your head? If you have no hidden agenda. If you put hood on your head, then it means you are trying to put a disguise on yourself. So if you are not part of the crooks who want to commit crime and then try to escape because you don't want cameras to cover your face, why would you hood yourself or cap yourself and cover your face in a broad daylight when it is not cold? If you put on hood when it is cold, we can say that it is because it's cold you are covering your body. But when you do that in the day, and then it's as, especially when it becomes, you know, now, which we know that some boys who go about, you know, um, um, uh, stabbing people and robbing people, that is their symbol. And we know it. A person who is of God cannot behave that way. Impossible. Stay clear from the madding crowd. There is nothing in Satan to celebrate. If you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. And this is what the Bible is saying. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. It's pain and sorrow you will get. No peace, day and night. Victim. That's what you be. But it says, you will die. But if you by the Spirit put to death the misdeed of the body, you will live. You will live. A Christian should not be affected by peer pressure. You should pressure the peer. The Bible says you are the light of the world. Let your light shine among men, among your contemporaries. My, 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 my son, he says, when sinners entice, they do not consent. A child of God does not look to be hailed by the world. When the world hails you because you are identifying with them, you have stepped into hell already in a free fall. Jesus said that very clearly. But we are going to transform this world because this is the time of the saints of God. The manifestation that God begins in the church now will come to a limelight that it will be a disgrace for anybody to obey Satan in the cities of the world in a short time. Listen to me. Therefore, if you are hearing me and you are a church person and you have been taken away by the devil, you better run for your life. A judgment is coming upon the earth. I saw that when we were praying at 12 midnight today. I saw Satan releasing and unleashing an, an evil, a more terrible evil than COVID. I think I told you before. And it's not a long time. 
It is like as if, oh, they are saying COVID is finished and this terrible stuff happened. But I saw a mighty wind from heaven that swept away so many people. And he's talking about people that Satan will use to perpetrate the evil. Because God must revive the nations and those who want to go to heaven must receive, be received into the kingdom before the wrath of God will be unleashed upon the man of sin. Before the man of sin will manifest. I don't care everything they are passing about about the Antichrist. It doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me because I have not read those things in the Bible and Jesus did not tell me about those things. What Jesus revealed to me is what bothered me. There will be a great move of the power of God. Those who want to go to heaven will return to him. And then he will shut the door like the days of Noah. It will be terrible. I don't think I would die before all these things happen. My eyes will see the Antichrist I believe so with all my heart. But we will not be partaker of the mess of the Antichrist because we will have raptured. So therefore, it says in verse 14, Because those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. To be led by the Spirit, for anyone to claim that he is led by the Spirit, you must be somebody who submits to the Spirit, so that in your behavior the Spirit is reflected. In your thinking, your spirit, the Spirit is reflected. A Christian does not think like the world thinks because Holy Ghost will not, will not allow you. He will stop you. I'm talking about what Jesus began to do and then to teach. Christian lifestyle. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. This is the only one I would deal with today, Christian lifestyle, and then I will go to Holy Spirit and Supernatural next week. It says in that first Peter chapter 1 verse 13, Therefore prepare your mind for action, be self-controlled, set your, your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 14 says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desire you, you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy, be holy, be holy, be holy, be holy. In all that you do, not in some things that you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. I'm speaking to you Christians, you know. Let me say these things, this to you. <laughs> A man cannot marry, a woman cannot marry two men and have the benefits in the two houses. This week he marries, he, he lives in the house of first husband. Next week he goes to live in the house of second husband. Alright? And the both husband know that he comes here, uh, she comes here, and she goes there. I'm sure that when this husband will die and do his wish, she will have no part. When the other one will do is which you have no part. She'll be miserable. A Christian cannot serve two masters. If you serve the devil, God will kick you out straight away. God is not a respecter of opinion of people of, of mine. You know, some people are saying, I'm angry with God. I'm so sorry for you. Hell will teach you. If that is you, I hope that nobody listening to my voice is part of that category. Now say, I'm hungry. Be angry with your professor. When he takes his pen and you are graduating, you will see that you'll be absent. More than that is the God Almighty. What did God say to those who believe in Him? Prepare your mind for action. 
In these days, the Bible says that the coming of the lawless man will be after all manners of counterfeit signs and wonders, and every deception of every kind. Deception of every kind. Deception of every kind. He deceived Eve. Eve deceived Adam. Terrible problem for centuries. He deceived Samson, who has a great destiny. He died with his two eyes plucked out. Listen to me. And I can tell you many, many, many more that he deceived. For you not to be deceived in the last days, you will see, and we looked at it in the book of Matthew 24, many ministers of great repute, they will tactically go into error. Anyone who has been worshipping God through them, and you worship them instead of God, you will follow them into error. When you have a leader, and your leader begins to do things that are contrary to the scripture, you are supposed to tell him, if you love that leader. It means he has digressed. It means something happened to him overnight. And that thing that happened is the devil. The devil seeks to take everybody. When Jesus said to Peter, twice Satan seeks to sniff you up. I prayed for you. Don't you understand? If Peter, Satan tried to take him out. Who is the man under heaven? No matter how much God used him, that Satan cannot attempt to take him out. But you see, believers get out of the way when they begin to concede to the devil. The pleasures of this world. The lust of flesh. They want to be hero. They want to be known. They want to be celebrated. Satan will take care of them and derail them. And then they will begin to introduce idols to God's people. Anybody who follows that path end up in hell. Because you are not to worship any man but God himself. Why we honor and respect those that God uses. The moment they derail from what they have been teaching and the word of God says. We must go to them sincerely if possible, on our knees and tears and beg them to stop it. If they don't stop it, we have to draw a line and tell them, I have to leave because I have to give account to my own life. You can't die in lies. You cannot begin in seeking God and die in seeking man. Prepare your mind for action. Therefore, husband, prepare your mind for action. Wife, prepare your mind for action. If Adam had stood his ground, and Eve was the only one who ate the fruit. Adam would have expiated for the sins of Eve. And God would not have killed everybody after then. They would have had a remedy. So you are your brother's keeper, your husband's keeper, your wife's keeper. Prepare your hand for action. The next thing is be self-controlled. Not everything your flesh wants you must do. That is self-control. Be self-controlled in these end times. Number three. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ shall be revealed. The glory of heaven when Jesus will call you in the midst of billions of souls and give you your word. That is more than any, any, any government or any people honoring you on earth. Come on, let me tell you. The honor of this earth is limited to the jurisdiction that gave it. The honor of heaven is, is, it has no jurisdiction. Billions of souls, billions and trillions of angels, they will be standing. When the Lord will call you one by one, and He will give you His award, He will decorate you with the crown. He will put the stones and the gems on your crown. He will say before people, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And the whole angels will celebrate you. That is better than being a celebrity in the world and roasting in hellfire. Be self-control. Don't seek honor of men. Apostle doesn't. 
Set your hope on the glory to come, not on the praise of man on earth. You may not be recognized at all for what you do. You don't have to be. It says in verse 14, as God's obedient children, I think the next thing is to be obedient to God. We read in the book of, uh, of, of um, Noah, the book of Genesis 9, that Noah was obedient to God, isn't it? That is what we read during the week. God gave him success because he was totally obedient. Joshua chapter 11, God 15, verse 15. God commanded Moses, Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua carried out everything that God said. That's why Joshua was successful. You must understand this principle. Be obedient as obedient children. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. And that's all what I've been saying. You can wrap up all this worldliness to this statement. When we were in the world, we loved in the world. We love to be praised for doing something strange. We love to be praised for doing something terrible. Hey, I'm a bad guy, man. Can you understand? When you say you're a bad guy, where are you going? Hell or heaven? Hell straight. If you die, bad guy. I'm going to speak about the reality of hell. I think I may go into talking about the architecture of hell. And maybe we may look also at the chemical, biological, of hell so that it can be well explained what when the bible talks about brimstone what is brimstone we analyze it when the bible talks about sulfur we look at the chemical compound of sulfur (laughs) and the effect of sulfur on any material and how sulfur will react in bone or flesh and hell people will be inside sulfur and the sulfur, the Bible says, will be bubbling in fire. And people will be there. And the, the amazing thing is that they will be burning and that fire will not be quenchable and the person will not die. You will not go there. I will not go there. So if we will not, be obedient to God. Do not conform to all these evil desires. There are traps of Satan to suck people in. And who is Satan looking for? Those who profess to be Christians. He wanted to test whether you still love his system. If you still love his system, he will entice you gradually, gradually, and suck you out. Before you know it, boom, you're gone. The devil understands. He is merciless, terrible, wicked. He has no mercy. Mercy is not in his diary. Every good thing the devil doubles to you is poison. Every promotion he says he gives you is death trap. When Satan makes you to be celebrated, it's because he has gotten you as a foundation stone of hell. Oh, he's celebrity. Who set it up? Satan. What do you mean by celebrity? Oh, that's an idol. Well, the Bible says that I shall have no graven image before me. Christians, don't be deceived by the devil. Do not conform to the evil desires. You, you, you used to have when you lived in ignorance. So there are some Christians who, you know, have this uh, 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 theory that, you know, to identify with uh, you know, a particular sect of people, you have to dress like them. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who said that? It's because, you know, in the Western world, we, we are naive, you know. The way we are coded in Europe and Africa, in, in America, is to be naive. In Africa, we are not. Let me say something to you. Let me say something to you. You who was a Shango priest. Okay? Shango priest, you don't know what it is. That is what they call the God of Thunder. Their priests, Satan gave their priests command to weave their hair. 
So the moment you are a priest, they will weave your hair according to the God, idol, that you represent. And so good priests have the way they dress. Okay? With carries and red skirt and blouse. Man. And so good priest must pierce his hair as a man to look like a woman. Now, are you telling me that if I want to do a church that will convert or go priest, I should dress like that and let my members dress like that so that we can identify with the nonsense. The Bible says you have nothing to do with works of iniquity. It is similar. Oh, we have to have rock in church, rock church. So we are playing rock sound so that we can, uh, 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 you know, uh, appeal to those who love rock. We play, we, 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 we do tattoos to our body and, and uh, behave like punk because we want a punk church. Who told you that? It's the church of the living God. It does not respect what the devil has set up. If your own type of church is conceding to what Satan set up, you should know that it's church of Satan. Simple. Simple. Because when Jesus came to the world, he didn't behave like Pharisees. He stood out and he rebuked Pharisees. When the apostles rose up, they didn't become Romans. They didn't behave like Romans and behave like all the idols worshippers in Greece. No, they stood out of them. Don't be deceived. Satan has set up many institutions they call church. Thousands go there. They jump up as if they are drunk. Yes, they are drunk. Not of Holy Ghost, but the devil ghost. Do not conform to the old pattern of life. If the old pattern of life was good, God would not have delivered you from it. He's ruled by the kingdom, the prince of the kingdom of air. But just as he who called you his holy, he says be holy. Five more minutes, I'm over. Let's look at the example of two churches and then we'll stop in this, this session. What I'm talking about is the number one key of the success of Jesus is his lifestyle. Which comes from the command of God. Acts chapter 2. 11, let's look at the church there, verse 19 to 21. It says, now, those who have been scattered by this persecution, chapter 11, verse 19 to verse 21. Those who have been scattered by persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however... Men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Let's look at this Antioch of Athene. Look at verse 22. News of this reached the ear of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of grace of God. Okay? What is the evidence of grace of God? The Bible explains it. He saw the evidence of grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. And to continue in their commitment to the Lord. He was a good man, full of Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch for work. Because he saw evidence of grace of God. What is the evidence of grace of God? Let's read further. So, so, for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great number of people. 
Now he says the disciples were called Christians first and Antioch. So what is the grace of God? The character of Christ. They were Christ-like in their appearance, Christ-like in their behavior, Christ-like in their manifestation. So the word Christian was never used until Antioch church. No wonder, let me tell you about the Antioch church. Chapter 13 says, in the church of Antioch, verse 1, there were prophets and teachers in the church. Gift of the Spirit in the church. Holy Ghost in the church. It says in that church that they were first called Christian because of their behavior, there was presence of the Holy Ghost there. So there is manifestation of gifts there. Prophets right there. You know, teachers, evangelists, they are all there. And the Bible says, Barnabas, Simeon, Corniger, Lucius of Syria, Menai, who had been brought up by the Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2 says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, they could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit because of their character. They were the first church called Christians. The last one is chapter 17, 10 to 12 of Acts. It says, as soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were, one, were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Every Christian listening to me, if your pastor, your general overseer, your pope, or bishop, archbishop, prophet, or teacher, whatever, among your leaders, teach you anything, check it in the Bible whether it's true. That's Berean Christian. Be eager to know the truth. Read the Bible very well. Don't just take a teaching and say, is this a new teaching? Wow, wow, no, no, wow, anywhere. Check the Bible. Check the Bible. Because in these last days, First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, it says that people will desire the faith, that is the doctrine of the, of the world. They will say we have new revelation. But they have doctrines of demons and teachings of demons. One of them is the, the teachings some people are propagating now about grace. In the way that they represent grace, as if you can just do anything, it doesn't matter, grace covers it. Similarly, you have other people who are speaking, preaching about the kingdom. And to them, salvation is different from the kingdom. Salvation is not all about the kingdom. They are talking nonsense. They are unschooled people. And Christians should know that you don't follow them. Nobody can come with a new teaching. Okay? The message of salvation is the message Jesus gave us. Go into all the world and make disciples. Alright? Jesus was not a politician. All right? Jesus was not a businessman. Jesus came for the spirit, soul, and body of man. All right? But however, anybody that is taught in holiness will fulfill. If you are called by God to be in politics, you will excel. If you are called to be in business, you will excel. Because the Lord will bless the works of your hand. But you, the heart of a believer should not be that your kingdom is in this world. It's not. It's not. It's not. Our kingdom is in heaven. A time will come that no matter how rich a Christian is, they will frustrate your finance very shortly. It will wipe off and you have nothing more. A time is coming that no matter how influential you are, they will legislate you and you have to resign 
Because at that time, the enemy is, is the time of the enemy fulfilled by God, and God is allowing him. You will have to resign. Because you will not be able to do the things that you, by law you ought to do. They will change the laws. I will together. Let me say something to you before I close. Many people should know this, that everybody should know this, if you are a saint of God, that what Jesus said, which you seek, seek you for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There is no kingdom without righteousness. A person who claims that he's seeking the kingdom of God, but he's sleeping around with other people's wives. Can you imagine that? Is that the kingdom of God? A person who seeks the kingdom of God and is robbing other people to be enriched. Is that the kingdom of God? A person whose heart is to make money, make money, make money, make money, at the expense of others losing money, losing money. Is that the kingdom of God? That is not the kingdom of God, certainly the kingdom of Lucifer. And believers must know this. You cannot separate God from his kingdom and still call it the kingdom of God. And the time has come for every one of us to recognize this. Jesus is the one who died for us, no pastor at all. Anyone that you and I will emulate, but the people who we can see the fruits of Christ in them. Someone says to me that the kingdom of God is more than this and that and that, and he cannot, we have not seen blind sea in that his own kingdom. No lame has worked in that kingdom. Okay? Dead bodies are not in that kingdom. And he's telling me that is the kingdom that Jesus said we should preach. That is not the kingdom Jesus told me to preach. Neither is it the kingdom of the Bible. The kingdom of God, when Jesus, Jesus cast demons out and they accused him of Bazebul, he said to them, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come. So the kingdom of God is the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit, which begins from salvation of soul to healing the sick, casting out devil and breaking the power of hell. That is the kingdom of God. But in these days, you must be very careful that you are not led astray. I want to pray with you. And I want to say that happy Father's Day to everybody. That is Father's Day message for you. That every man under heaven, every father under heaven should emulate the Father in heaven. Be holy even as your Father in heaven is holy. So that we can train our offspring to follow our footpath. And Satan will not be able to get our offspring as they follow our footpath. I will train our downline the same way. So that our heart will seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. Shall we bow our heads to pray? My God and my King, I thank you so much for today. We bless and glorify your holy name for your mercy. And I pray, O Lord, for everyone under my voice. As you have told us early this morning, when we are praying at 12 midnight to early hour of the day, I take authority in Christ in God and say, Every sick under my voice, I command the belt of sickness in your waist to be broken in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command infirmity in your abdomen to be destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every organ engaged in your abdomen, I command them to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Liver, hear the word of the Lord. Receive a new one in the name of Jesus. Kidneys, hear the word of the Lord. Receive new ones in the name of Jesus. Heart that has failed, that has turned in it, hear the word of the Lord. All heart be taken out, new heart receive in the name of Jesus. 
It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. The Father in heaven set you free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free in the name of Jesus. Anything the devil has placed in your body to hinder you, I command them to be uprooted in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Whatever the devil has placed in your mind, in your soul, to hinder you, I release the fire of the Holy Ghost to consume them in the name of Jesus. Man was created for God, and for God alone shall he be. Everything contending with God in your life. I ask that heaven will release hailstones and destroy them utterly. Weapons of Satan over your life be destroyed by the fire of the Most High. I say, this your new week you will encounter God. We have just ten days to go, or nine days with some few hours to go. I say, the counsel of Satan over your life shall not succeed for the rest of this month. I decree that God will go before you in this month of June, the month of signs and wonders that many people have been given testimony. I say, the Lord will go before you as the pillar of cloud in the day and the pillar of fire in the night. He will level the mountain before you. He will lift up the valley before you. He will make your rugged path straight. He will deliver you from marauding forces. Your prisoners are set free because of the blood of the Lamb of God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As heaven has decreed, your life will be today. Every lump I curse you from your root to die and burst out in the name of Jesus. Be flushed out from wherever you may be. Dissolve in the bodies of men. Dissolve you lumps in the bodies of men. I say, dissolve in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, because it is done. Give you the glory and honor and praise. To the blind, receive your sight. To the lame, jump up and walk. If you have been bedridden, I set you free from your bed. In the name of Jesus, rise up from that bed. Receive unction of heaven, fire passing through your body and start to run. Right now, right now, run in the name of the Lord Jesus with new strength. Father, we bless you. Every man that was said to be sterile, you are not sterile. If you are told to be barren, you are not barren. Low span count, you are not low span count. God did not create that. I restore every man under my voice to the original that God has created in the name of Jesus. Satanic factors, I command them to be taken out of you. Father, we bless your holy name that this time next year, everybody will carry their children in their hands. And the name of the Lord will be glorified. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord strengthen you. I read the blessings of God upon you. Stretch your hands before the Lord. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offering. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and we lift up the banner in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name.
Let me say this, that those of you who have received your miracle, we want you to be sending us information in our website, uh, our email, admin at cftchurches.org, so that we can share in your testimonies. Thank God for all the testimonies we have been receiving, but there is one I will say among the testimonies that happened this week. On Wednesday, there was a woman who had uh, a pain for quite a while in her, inside her, her arm. And, uh, you know, this pain had been examined, but they, they, they couldn't find anything wrong with her. And on Wednesday, the Lord, by word of knowledge, spoke. And I cursed the lump in the hand to vanish. And then she got home. And she had that something busted along the arm. And when she looked at it, there was a, there was a hole there. And pus began to come out. Pus would have been dis- discovered, of course, on examin- under examination. But strange enough, this wasn't. And all the pus came out. It was huge, she said. And then all the pain vanished. <clears throat> God is doing what he did before. And greater works he shall do. I want you to believe in the Lord and set your heart and your mind upon the Son of God. Remember when you watch our YouTube, click like on the YouTube and send our link both on YouTube and on the free conference call to everybody on your address book. Now we are on Instagram and it has been interesting. I had the response from Instagram. It's, it's very, very serious. So let's make sure that we send all these communications to uh, all our friends and viewers. Shall we just bring our minute to a close? Let's thank God for the grace He has given to us and for this day that we can celebrate the Father's Day. Father, we thank you so much for the grace you have given us. We exalt and magnify your holy name for this day. Sovereign Lord, we exalt you, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. Thank you for all fathers. Thank you, Lord, for our lives. Thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. God bless you. I'll see you tonight.